Hey, welcome back to the show where today I'm going to be talking about how to manage your anxiety for performance. Expect to learn why anxiety isn't always a bad thing, the causes of anxiety, the types of anxiety that you might be experiencing, as well as some ideas and ways in which you can manage both the mental, physical and in the moment elements of anxiety. I'll be drawing upon experiences from my own past, whether that's in sport or in day-to-day life, others' experiences, as well as some of the theories surrounding anxiety, and much more. But before we get started, please do me the great favor and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're following along on or listening on. It really does make a huge, huge difference, and it's the easiest and cheapest way to support what this show is all about. It allows us to grow the show and get on more guests, more episodes. So I thank you so much for doing that. In other news, don't forget to join The Game Plan, a free email that I send out every Friday morning with inspiration, motivation, and ideas on mindset, mental health, and your perspective. Simply click the link in the description below to join or head over to lewishatchett.com forward slash the dash game dash plan. Thank you so much, and I'll see you Friday morning. In other other news, if you are looking to control your anxiety better, then you might want to sign up to our Mindset Masterclass in the MindStrong Academy that is happening next week. On the 31st of May at 7.30 p.m. UK time, I'll be running a masterclass on how you can control your anxiety. So if you want to sign up, then you can head over to mindstrong.lewishatchett.com where you can start your 14-day free trial. If you don't like it, then you can cancel it any time. But it'll give you access to the Mindset Masterclass. And even if you can't make it on the night, you'll have access to past recordings of not only that Masterclass, but of all the other ones that have happened before. The masterclass will run as exercises that will take a deeper dive into your anxiety. So focusing on where you're feeling your anxiety, what you would do in order to manage it, and also experiencing some ways in which you can deal with anxiety in the moment, both from a mental and physical element. So again, if you want to sign up to be so again, if you want to sign up to this mindset masterclass, Start your 14-day free trial of the MindStrong Academy by heading over to mindstrong.lewishatchett.com or head to the link in the description of this episode. But on to today's episode on managing anxiety for performance. Enjoy. Okay, anxiety. This is going to be a huge subject and I hope I can give it justice in the time that we've got here. But I think you would have to be living under a rock to recognise that anxiety is now a huge topic discussed, whether that is in sport or whether that is in the general population. The pandemic has rocket fueled that conversation and has rocket fueled the awareness But before the pandemic, there was already conversation around mental health, anxiety, the increased numbers in people that are suffering from anxiety. I think it was something like 40 to 60% of athletes alone will suffer with some form of performance anxiety 
feelings and experiences. So those numbers will be higher in the population, I'm sure. I don't have the stats on that, but just looking at sport alone, there is a increase in anxiety and with, and if with that, a conversation around it. So a little disclaimer before we start, because this subject is so big, there is so many theories, there is so much literature, there's so many studies that are done on anxiety, especially in the sport realm. And there's only going to be so much that I can give, but there's going to be a lot here that is around my own experiences, both having been a professional athlete, but actually leading into that. I personally grew up as a really anxious kid. I'll get into that, but just to disclaim that there is going to be some reference to studies, but it's ongoing and it's very heavily debated and there are many different avenues that you can go down. It's a huge rabbit hole that you can go down when you start start going down this this subject of anxiety. But most of this is going to be built off my experiences, linking some of that work in and what I've seen in clients that working with and and just in the general population as well. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have felt anxiety at some stage. Whether that is in a performance realm, whether that's induced through a performance or just day to day. So we're going to talk around where that anxiety could be coming from, how to manage it, some ideas in which you can get. And there's there's going to be more that I could deliver for sure. And we'll get onto that towards the back end of the podcast. But if I give a little bit of a taste of my experience with anxiety, I get told or I get comments of how I can be perceived as confident. I can, especially if I'm delivering a keynote, I can be perceived as confident and not very anxious. And I think those that really know me quite well, the ones that will I will talk to about a lot of what's going on in my life will understand that it is, I am heavily anxious. I, as a young kid, whether it was growing up with my condition, whether it was just my, what I'll explain in a minute is my my trait anxiety and my personality. I was always a kid that would shy away, that would step back. And it took genuine effort and work in order to get me to a place where I could be, I could be showing confidence. I could be trying to manage that anxiety. That is the basis of this podcast is about how you can kind of flip it, how you can go from being maybe this anxious, timid, shy person to then going towards a more confident version of you. Because if we can really dial down to a a simplified version of it, the goal here is to reduce anxiety so that we can increase confidence. We can bring out our most confident self. That is the ultimate goal here. We want to to uncloud that confidence that that anxiety is creating and that will bring forward hopefully our best self and with that performances and doing the things that you want to do in the best way you can possibly do them but my experiences just really started as a young kid i was a kid that would that would always worry about certain situations whether how it was how i was going to be perceived whether i would do well enough um, just the general fear of a situation that was perhaps dangerous. Again, I, I don't know whether this was down to my condition. Maybe it was, but my parents were pretty good at not wrapping me up and protecting me from certain situations. They would they would allow me to go into challenging situations, which induced a lot of anxiety, but I got through them. 
And so whether that was just upbringing, the environment, my condition, there's so many elements to it that I could start to unpack. All I know is that I was this anxious kid. It wasn't until I got to about my teens and I sort of late teens that I actually went to go see a doctor because I thought I had a stomach bug. I thought I had something wrong with me. I went to, I remember this so well. I went to go see him and saying, I just can't, I get this acid reflux. I get, I, I want to feel, I want to be sick. I, I am in situations where my palms will start sweating. And my stomach really then becomes agitated and I want to look for an exit to throw up. And he actually just gave me, I think it was some form of like acid reflux medication to just kind of calm that acidity down. And that kind of helped, but then I kept feeling it come back. And this, I'm trying to think what year it would have been. It would have been around about 2000, anywhere between 2005 to 2008, sometime in there. And I just remember going, it would always flare up whether I was sometimes traveling, sometimes if I was as a young lad going out on a date and meeting someone for the first time, or if I was in an environment where I just didn't feel comfortable. I would feel this sensation in my body. I would feel my heart rate go through the roof. I would start sweating. My my breathing would become shallow and my stomach would definitely start turning. And I genuinely felt like I needed to vomit. And I, I, I honestly thought through my naivety that I had some form of stomach bug. So I went to go see the doctor to get that medication. But now on reflection, that was pure anxiety. That was pure anxiety. And I didn't know what was going on. I, I was so naive to the experience of what was happening that I just couldn't get a handle on it I couldn't manage it and then that actually went into moments where I started playing sport but sport was a different arena because I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't like run off the field but I also felt some form of being in control I felt that all I've got to do is try and perform to my best ability here I've got to try and do a performance that I have done in the past and hopefully this feeling will go away. So even though the sensations were the same, I genuinely felt a little bit more in control. So it felt less, but they were very, very similar. And I now know that these were actually, these were the nerves, this was the anxiety that was taking a physiological, a physical hold on my body. And I didn't know how to control it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to control it and harness it and then move past it and onto what was really going to be my best performance or, or bring out the best version of me. But it started with these just personal experiences from day-to-day -day life and then moved on to a bit of sport-related anxiety. And that is where we're going to address today. We're going to address the performance anxiety, but it could be linked with just general day-to-day -day anxiety. So with that, I just want to quickly describe the difference between what could be classed as state and trait anxiety. Now, state anxiety is the anxiety that is induced in the moment. So something that could be brought upon during, and that is the physiological, the psychological components of the in the moment anxiety that you might feel. So it could be a match, it could be a performance, it could be an event that's coming up. And then in the moment, it's that, that anxiety that you feel. Trait anxiety, is the general stable characteristics of you as a personality. So it's it's how anxious are you as a person in your overall personality. Now I'm simplifying these these terms very very 
quickly just to give you a grasp on what they could be. But tends to be people who have high levels of trait anxiety. So this personality type, you are you tend to be slightly more on the worrying side, a general anxious person. When you're placed into anxiety-inducing situations, you have higher levels of, of trait anxiety, which kind of makes sense, right? If you start from a higher baseline, then there's a chance that your state anxiety is going, going to increase that level of anxiety. It's not that, uh, a complete binary sum, but it is a high chance. And so if your, your trait anxiety is lower, then tends to be that in the moment when that state anxiety hits, that it can be it can be a little bit less. So again, think about people that you may know, those people that are, tend to be very non-anxious in day-to-day -day life. When they're put in those situations that are a little bit more stressful, sometimes they can handle it a little bit better. It is tends to be down to the fact that their trait anxiety is a little lower. Again, super simplified, but hopefully you start to grasp the idea. Then on to somatic and cognitive anxiety. So you might hear about these terms, somatic and cognitive anxiety. So cognitive anxiety is the thoughts, the worries, the, the feelings, the, the actual thinking of the anxiety. So that is the, the cognitive anxiety is our thinking, is our worries, is our anxieties that we feel psychologically. Somatic anxiety is described as essentially the physical sensations and the impact that anxiety has on the body. So start to think about sweaty palms, increased heart rate, um, shortness of breath or, or rapid breathing that you might feel. Those are the two differences there. So somatic being the physical, cognitive being the psychological. So at any one moment, you might f it, it could be your interpretation of the physical sensation of anxiety that maybe triggers higher levels of the psychological anxiety, your, your thinking, right? Or it could be vice versa. You think and then suddenly you start feeling. The idea behind what we're going to talk about is that we want to address both the physical and the mental. Now, there's many different theories based around anxiety. There's many different ideas of whether anxiety is good for you, bad for you. As a general, from my experience, Anxiety is on this spectrum, and it and it is on a spectrum, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Anxiety isn't all bad. We do need levels of anxiety to actually wake us up to situations. We need it to ready us for what we're going into. If you were to not have any anxiety and be completely calm and what could be classed as under-aroused, and you're not actually switched on to a situation, when you have that low anxiety you're not going to pick up threats. You're not going to be completely ready. You're, the heart rate increase that you feel is actually readying your systems. The adrenaline you feel is readying you. It's going to dilate your eyes, your pupils and your eyes. Because when we start to feel anxious, we pick up threats or you could see them as opportunities. So when we are readying ourselves, those who are anxious pick up those threats. It's about what we do with those threats after and we can get onto that later. But essentially... That feeling of anxiety, feeling nervous is readying you for a situation and that in itself is not bad. So it's how we interpret it. It's how we actually see this anxiety and what we do with it moving forward. Now, there are some theories that go alongside it. So the three that I'll just quickly talk about are the inverted U theory, reversal theory and drive theory. Now, the inverted U theory, literally imagine an inverted U. So with it, 
at the very start of that you, you've got low levels of, of anxiety or arousal. And that performance, there is an optimal, an optimal moment within that. So as you start to increase in anxiety, then you can start to increase performance. But when you tip over a certain amount of anxiety, you start to harm your performance. So as you start to go across in and increasing your anxiety, then your performance is a chance to, to get to an optimal state. But there is a tipping point. As you start to feel too much anxiety, that performance can start to drop off. Reversal theory will talk about, imagine how you can interpret your anxiety. You can you can start to turn it on and off like a switch and you can start to suggest that feelings of anxiety could actually be excitement and you can start to perform better. But you can also at the same time switch it to feeling levels of overwhelm. Again, quick note, I'm super simplifying these, these theories. It's just to get them across. Drive theory is essentially thinking of anxiety as a fuel. So the more anxiety that you put in, the more performance that you, you get out. I personally don't believe in this one, mainly because I know that there is a tipping point. I know there is this tipping point where you can have too much anxiety, it can become crippling. Again, I, it's a mixture of everything. It's so multidimensional where you can consider all of these different areas and I I really do believe in this interpretation of your anxiety, of recognizing what it is that's causing your anxiety and then what is it that's going to tip you over the edge and create too much anxiety for you. And that can essentially create a negative performance or start to diminish your performance when anxiety becomes too much because it's, it can just be too debilitating. You could essentially get people that are needing more and more anxiety they need that energy in order to increase their performance and the more you put in the more they get out again this is so individualized this is why studies end up being theories because everyone is different everyone interprets it the ultimate thing you want to take away from a lot of this podcast is that you want to see what maybe resonates most with you think about the experiences you've had think about times where you felt anxious where it perhaps really helped you because you was you switched on maybe moments where you were un, like not as very anxious and you didn't perform very well because you weren't aroused enough. You didn't actually switch on to the environment. Or, and maybe moments where it really tipped over, where you became over-anxious and then you felt this detriment to performance, but you started to feel like, okay, I'm getting to an optimal place and then suddenly it dropped off. So let's move on to essentially what some of the causes of your anxiety could be. And then we'll move on to how we might address them, some ideas for both the mental elements, the physical elements, and maybe even in the moment elements. So what could be causing it? I think the most common one that I'm seeing is just genuine expectations. So your expectations to perform, whether that's from yourself, it could be from others, it could be peer pressure, it could be parental pressure. What are your expectations? Are your expectations based on the outcome what do you start? Do you set too high expectations? Those feelings of expectations, whether it's to win, to perform well, to not let others down, those could be creating high levels of anxiety. I sure as hell have felt that before. I felt the fact that I needed to perform in order to feel accepted. I needed to perform to help to 
be accepted into a group, but for others to praise me, that if I didn't actually succeed, if I didn't get the outcomes, if I didn't put in a good performance, then no one would think I'm very good or actually worth anything. So that could be a starting point. You could start to feel a fear of failure. You could start to feel I need to put in a performance because I'm so worried I'm going to fail here. If I fail, then I'm a failure. If we fail as a team, we are a failure. But that fear of failure could be causing real high levels of anxiety. That, that is a common one. And maybe it's this need to put in a perfect performance. It may not actually be the result, but I want to perform really well, like perfectly. I want to be very good at this. And again, you could be setting too high expectations on what that looks on what that looks like. Maybe you've got a lack of preparation. Maybe you are feeling anxious because I don't feel prepared for this. I don't feel like I've ticked every box. I don't, or maybe I know deep down my preparation hasn't been very good. A lot of people who are are quite neurotic, they want to tick all these boxes when it comes to preparation. So I, I was actually very much like this. I think my high levels of trait anxiety I wouldn't perform, I wouldn't go into a game feeling good until I had almost run myself into the ground with training, whether that was lifting in the gym, whether that was putting in training before a game. I I remember mornings of a game, I would want to bowl a certain amount of balls or I want to hit a certain amount of balls in order to feel ready to go into the match. And I'm talking about cricket here because that's the sport that I play for listeners who may not know that. And I would do this over and over again. I'd have this routine, but if I didn't do it, I felt anxious. I felt sometimes that, okay, something's not right and it had already put me off on on wrong footing. Kind of linked with that, I would create superstitions. I would create these superstitions that if I didn't wear a certain piece of clothing or if I didn't do a certain routine, that my performance would fall apart. And if I missed it or if I didn't do it, as effectively as I possibly wanted, then my performance was less. And that really sent me into a, a really negative spiral because now I know superstitions are so out of your control. You want routines and we'll get onto routines, but superstitions, they are not in your control. I think of something crazy like wearing this, wearing a certain pair of socks, I think it was, or a certain shirt. And I think, imagine if I had lost them in the wash or if I had left them at a hotel that would just cripple and debilitate my performance and that is crazy to think that my physical performance my all that work that I'd been putting in to my training to my routines could be blown away by some superstition that is ultimately not in my control there are environments that aren't going to allow it there are situations that won't allow it it doesn't create a very adaptable place to be so superstitions are so confining that they can be debilitating and I think just changing your outlook on them and whether if you do have one can you change it to a routine and a routine can be malleable you can change that routine it can adapt whereas superstitions tend to be this almost OCD if I don't do this it's never going to be right in reality you can practice changing that you can open up the experience and and say okay well maybe I'll practice not doing this routine and does the outcome happen but check in and say like am I actually thinking about this superstition having an impact on me again more often than not it is not in your control so 
yeah, just a quick note on superstitions and routines because I definitely felt it. Another one could be fear of judgment. You could be fearing what other people think, what other people are going to say about you. Now, this could be on a very small scale in the sense of it's your team around you. You want to feel that acceptance. You don't want to be judged. And it could be on a larger scale. It could be in front of thousands of people, whether it's on TV. It could be in front of a large crowd. But that fear of judgment, that idea of if I don't perform, if I don't do well, then I'm going to be seen as less or less than and not worth enough to be in this situation. And maybe people are going to think wrongly of me. I'll get onto it, but just remember that this feeling of judgment and this sensation of people aren't going to accept me as I am, that is not necessarily true. It's a storyline that you you could be telling yourself. And if more often than not, it's it's not in your control. And do you really want to be around people that are judging you on that basis? Yes, we want to get into teams that does require an element of judgment. You are judged on skill, on performing. But not everyone has performed perfectly all the time. And to put these unrealistic expectations on yourself that you must perform in order to be accepted and and, and liked, that isn't realistic because no one is perfect and no one has always got things right. So just remember in that situation that people you, you are human and so is everyone else, even those people that you think are judging you. Another one could be that you've never been in a situation like what you're going into. So if a situation is brand new, new, and I spoke about me going into situate uh, to going on like first dates as a as a young a young lad, those are new environments. Then you you haven't got a handle. You're going into something completely new. So that's going to ramp up your anxiety. So this could be something that you face quite often. And and in sport, right, every game is different. Every game is a new situation. You're never going to play the same game twice or the same match or the event that you're going to. It's never going to be the same one, even if you're playing the same opposition even if it's at the same venue it's never been on that day that with those conditions with that team everything is a brand new situation so you are technically always going into a brand new situation even if it is kind of groundhog day for you but for a lot of people if you do go to a new venue if you go to come up against new opposition then having not been in that situation can induce that anxiety can ramp all of that up it can also be the fact that you have preconceived ideas. You perhaps have had past experiences in an environment in a, against a team that already creates anxiety. Great example for this for me was my T20 debut, which was an absolute train wreck. It was live on Sky Sports, but I was coming up against a player that I had not had a great history against, but I did have tactics that I knew would work and had worked in previous games. But going into the game, I was already thinking about the negative side of it. I was already thinking about the negative outcomes. And I'll probably do a YouTube video on this this clip because this was something that there was so much more deeper, there were so many deeper levels to it. But I just remember the high levels of anxiety of the moment and being in this new environment. It was my debut, it was live on TV, and it was against not a, an opponent that had had success against me and I didn't feel as equipped to compete against him at the time, but I did have tools and tactics that I knew could and would work 
if I executed them, but because of the high levels of anxiety that I felt, I did not do them and the I did not execute and it was a train wreck. I got absolutely smashed out of the park by this guy. And so because of these past failures, they came to the forefront and I completely forgot about all of the success that I could possibly have and all of these other elements that were creating heightened anxiety. I just remember almost having this out-of-body experience and it was it was just wild. So that's something that potentially you could feel if you are coming up against someone that you've had no success against or you've had games that didn't go as well or past experiences that weren't in your eyes successful uh, and you're dwelling on those past failures. Again, just kind of what I said previously, which was about every experience being a new experience. So even though you may have had success, uh, not had success in the past, there's nothing saying you can't have success now. So if you've not had success in the past, why not now be the moment where things change? And that could come down to your preparation, your training, all di these different elements. So that all those are just some ideas. Those are just some some ways in which anxiety could be created. Actually, someone messaged me recently and spoke about injury anxiety. I think that is gen that is genuinely real. If you're coming back from something and you're injured, feeling anxiety based on your body. A little personal note on this, because I suffered so many injuries throughout my career, I remember the worst games that I played were when I was so focused on my body. And it's not actually something that I've not spoken about very much is that when I'm playing sport, I do get into a bad place when I come out of the game and into my body. And I mean that in the sense that I'm worried about it. I'm anxious about me potentially getting an injury or what does that feel? What's that feeling? I've learned over time the difference between pain, slight niggles in the body and what's discomfort compared to genuine pain that is damaging me. I've learned to manage that. But if I'm not in the game and I've gone into my body and I'm constantly assessing my body, then it's not often going to be a good match. Whereas days where I've kind of accepted where the body's at in that moment and then moved into the game, that's been a much better experience because I'm not dwelling on the anxiety within the body. But if you are coming back from a serious injury, there can be moments where you're tentative, you're really anxious, you want to see it work but you're not sure and you you are very very anxious about whether you may get another injury that's a legitimate feeling and and thought to have that can be really debilitating and it can make you sort of pull back be cautious be careful rather than carefree in the games and that's where we want to get to so i i want to note that that injury anxiety is is real and that is something that you can manage it just takes the time of going into practice, feeling that confidence, building up training so that you can deliver your skill, whether it's it could be running, it could be swimming, it could be cycling, it could be a sport, but doing it and having that association of not having the pain that you perhaps felt and feeling the strength and the confidence in your body, that all comes from these incremental experiences that you're building up. You're just pushing the boundary slightly just to check, test. That's what rehabilitation programs are. They're just where you strengthen it, you test it, see where it's at. And just by doing those experiences, you're building up a repertoire of, yeah, I'm feeling good, I'm ready to go. And then bang, you can, off you go. So yeah, just a quick note on, on injury anxiety. And there are probably some 
areas I've missed. There's probably someone listening to this podcast going, what about this anxiety? I'm sorry if I've missed it. Maybe we'll do another podcast in, in the future around more on anxiety and, and perhaps I do want to get some specialists involved on the podcast that want to talk that are, whether it's researchers, psychologists, coaches that have really got a handle on managing anxiety just to get their points across as well. So feel free to reach out if you want to go into to more detail on certain subjects. But like I mentioned, I want to address some ideas around how you can improve the the mental, the physical, and the kind of some maybe ways and tips and hacks that you can use in the moment when it's when it's going on. And there are more here, and I'm not going to go into great detail. These are just some ideas to get you curious. Uh, we got, we're going to be running a mindset masterclass in the MindStrong community, which you can access if you don't if you can't make it on the 31st of May. And so we will go into a deeper dive there, but I will just give you some ideas, something that you maybe have not been thinking about that you can start to address now. So some ideas for your mental elements that could be causing this anxiety. When I spoke about the expectations that you might have, setting up these really high expectations and and where those expectations may be pointed, that's where you do want to genuinely address. You want to address, first off, what are those that you can control? If it's an outcome, if you're genuinely expecting for an outcome to be successful, can you control that? Can you? Is that expectation too high on yourself? Are you expecting to be the best performer every game? Or are you just expecting your process to be executed? Your process is what you can control. The outcomes you can't control, they're not guaranteed. You can try to influence them, but there's nothing to say that the opposition might have a great day. And even if you put in your best performance, sometimes on the day, that may not turn out the way you want it to. So by focusing on these high expectations of outcome, and then if the outcomes and expectations of others are, are what's dwelling on you, are those, again, expectations that you can control? If someone is expecting you to perform, you can sit there and say, look, I I can give my best effort here, but there's no guarantee that I'm going to be successful. I need you to understand that even if I put in my best effort, it may not be the best outcome. Now, I can't control that in your eyes, so you need to address that if this is coming from an external person. But again, if those expectations are high within yourself, make sure are you focusing on outcomes, how you look, extrinsic extrinsic factors that are not in your control and you want to try and shift back to what is in your control. And that is a, a very long task sometimes. Sometimes it can take just addressing what are these, when I'm feeling anxiety, what is it that I'm focused on? What am I trying to control that perhaps I want to control but can't control it? That's going to create more anxiety. I very simply always describe that anxiety is the feeling of trying to control something you can't control, but you want to control it. And the more you try to control that thing that you can't control, the more anxiety that you feel. So addressing what is in your control, addressing what is not in your control, it's probably the most go-to thing for addressing some of your anxiety. But if it's in, if it is those expectations, if it is, if it is this idea of outcome over process, that could be a really big factor for you. And it's about shifting towards the intrinsic motivations, the process-driven tasks that you can do 
that are in your control and you can judge yourself on that. So focusing on what you can control. Within this, you can set up a pre-performance routine. So this could be generally on the day, it could be the night before, but having routines that you do to manage your anxiety. So if it's the night before, it could be preparation. How am I going to go about? It might be some sort of visualization. It might be putting yourself in the experience before you get there to just kind of pre-prepare yourself. It might be something like yoga, stretching, physically getting yourself prepared. If I feel physically ready, then I'm I'm feeling good to, to go the next day. It might be the morning. I'm eating a good healthy breakfast. I feel like I'm ticking off these boxes and I'm starting to feel more prepared. I don't feel like I'm leaving a stone unturned. When you kind of know that that's going on in the background, you might start to see it as... But if you can kind of think in the background, oh, I haven't done this thing, that could be creating some anxiety. And then actually in a performance or on the day of a performance, I spoke about superstitions, but see see your create a routine, a routine that can be adaptable, but a routine that you know if you if you are doing it or days when you've had success and you did this routine, then try to stick to that. Again, recognize that it can change. But this could be something like physical preparation, mental preparation on the day. So focusing on self-talk, it could be visualization, it could be physical control of breath work or anything like that. There's so many going over tactics, talking to teammates, talking to coaches as a part of that routine to just start to feel like you're ready. And then even in a performance, pre-routines that you do if you're playing a sport that's open play such as maybe rugby football basketball you may not get as good an opportunity in those games to have a pre-performance routine but in a sport like cricket for example where there's a moment of pause before each play you you have an opportunity to create a routine golfers have a pre-shot routine and by executing that pre-shot routine, they've done it in practice, they've done it in training, so that they know it it can create a positive outcome. Doesn't guarantee it, like we always know, but by doing that pre-routine, it can reduce that anxiety so they can be clear, focused on hitting that shot. So think about perhaps what your pre-routine could look like and start to build one. A, a big piece of advice here would be to look on days when something has gone well, note down what it is, go to the next day, look for a positive performance, note down what you did there. And over time, you start to build a routine based off past experiences. If you have a bad game and you've done this routine, it doesn't mean that the routine is all bad. You want to check in whether something happened in the game. Was it the preparation? Did you miss something? Is, Is it, you could be asking yourself, this routine is not the right thing and I'm going to change that. You may need to be a bit more honest with yourself and say what happened in the in the performance that perhaps I didn't address rather than it being the routine before that didn't get me. It could be the routine, but I'm saying I've seen a lot of athletes change their routine before they've actually addressed other areas of their performance. They've not had honest conversation with themselves, whether it was, did I make the right decision in this game? And and it's really easy to blame a routine on what you did or didn't do. So just a note there. The other thing is we spoke about fear. So the fears of failure, the fear of not getting something right. Now, the way to kind of overcome this would be to actually address it. Address what your biggest fear would be. 
put yourself in that situation. What if the worst case scenario was to happen? How would I deal with it? What would I do that would make me proud of myself for handling this situation? And when you address it, you start to create ideas of what you might do in that moment. Genuinely think about what are some of the positive actions you would take if the worst case scenario was to happen. If the, this failing that I was, I'm worried about is to happen, what am I going to do to address it in the moment? And then if it is to happen, how would I better it after? So what training might I do? How might I try to talk to myself? What lessons am I going to look for? And how do I want to react to people that may, again, worst case scenario, start to belittle me after having failed that situation? For me, if someone is saying, oh, you you messed up, you failed here, I go, yeah, I'm human. I accept the fact I'm human. I gave it my best shot. I didn't perform on that day. But I'm going to make sure that the next time I try something like this, I'm going to go and work on it and I'm going to put in my best effort again. And hopefully the outcome is more positive next time. So address these fa these fears. Put yourself into the worst case scenario that you may face. Don't try to run from it. Don't try to run from something that you're afraid of. Try to be braver. Face it with bravery, with courage. And how would you do that? And that can even be the idea of this is the type of person that I want to be in order to deal with this sort of situation. So if there is an experience that you're afraid of, draw upon some of your past experiences, draw upon an experience when perhaps you were younger to maybe a memory when you were a kid of how you enjoyed this sport, how that sport felt great for you, how when you were a kid, you were perhaps playing this sport with less of these anxieties. Go back to that past memory. Draw upon what that kid felt. If it's not going back to a really early memory, go back to a moment when you felt a level of success, when you felt like you had achieved. Draw upon that past experience. And having spoken to a lot of professional athletes, this is especially ones that have gone from feeling anxious early on in their career to now not feeling as anxious the reason why they don't feel as anxious now is because they've drawn upon past experiences where they've had success. And once they've had that success, it builds that confidence. They feel less anxious because they genuinely feel like I've done it before, I can do it again. But if you don't have those memories, if you don't have these past experiences to draw upon, especially in a sport, so I haven't actually had much success in this sport just yet, Draw upon other experiences and relate the person that you were. How were you in those experiences? Similar to how I will always talk about creating to-be lists rather than to-do lists. How were you? What were you like in that moment? So that instead of it being a sporting example, it could be I had success at school. I had, I just, I, I felt good when I was playing in the park with my friends or just hanging out with my friends. A experience where you felt good, you felt confident, draw upon what you were like. How do you want to be in this new experience that is a sporting one? And maybe draw, bring that over and see if that works. And then over time, once you start to have these successful experiences where you're starting to feel good, achieve, be less anxious, bring out that confident self, address it, write it down so you can, you can bank that as a positive experience to draw upon later on down the road. So another another one you could do is looking for the opportunity. So as anxiety increases, we look out for the threats. But as I mentioned about reversal theory, interpreting that anxiety, you can start to see things as an opportunity. Try to flip it. Am I 
looking for a threat or can I actually look at this as an opportunity? And this could this is a real mindset shift. This is a real mindset shift before a match, before a game or even in the moment where you say, instead of me looking for this as a threat, how am I going to handle this situation? And that's where you go, okay, now I'm looking for the opportunity in order to handle this situation. So rather than seeing something as debilitating for you, can you see it as an opportunity to grow, a lesson to be learned, or actually a moment where you might, you could have some achievement and success here on that metric of, of success that you have for yourself. You might even see it as an opportunity to show the character that you want to be. If there's a t type of character that you really want to be, especially in stressful situations, do you want to be seen as brave? Do you want to be seen as courageous? Do you want to be seen as able to handle stressful situations? Or do you want to be seen as someone that kind of runs away from this situation? I'm hopefully sure you're not. That you can start to see this as not only an opportunity for success, but an opportunity to show your character, to show who you are and bring out that best version of yourself. Having listened to someone like Andrew Huberman before, he spoke about a great way to deal with stress and anxiety is using gratitude. So recognizing that while this experience may be anxious, you can use gratitude to be grateful for the situation you're going into, to see this moment as something that is a learning experience and I'm grateful for having it. Not many people may have the ability to play this sport whether it's at an amateur or professional level, just doing it as a hobby, not everyone gets this opportunity. And also grateful for the work that you've put in, for the people that perhaps have got you there. That will start to create a perspective in the situation that can help reduce the anxiety. So I, I really do like the idea of being grateful for going into an opportunity. You, I'm always grateful for the sports that I'm playing now because it's based off the fact that my professional career ended really early. So I don't take every game for granted because I genuinely never know when could be my last game. And that, for me, creates it as a much more compassionate or loving experience for myself because I'm actually enjoying it. I'm then enjoying the whole moment that I'm in and not seeing it as a chore or something that I hope ends because I don't know when it could end. I didn't know when my last professional game was going to be. And I kind of wish... I don't know whether I wish I knew that that day was coming. Maybe I would have spent more time enjoying the moments before it. But I always think now I'm grateful for what I had. I'm grateful now that I still can play sport. And so using that tool, that tool of gratitude actually helps me deal with the stress and anxieties that I may feel. Maybe it's the frustrations, the, the anger, but actually just being grateful for, for being there, that can help with that anxiety. So look for what you might be able to, to, you, to be grateful for and use it to your advantage. The other thing is building just a better relationship with this anxiety. And all of this is starting to build a better relationship with it. But I found that using something like meditation has helped me just view anxiety, listen to it more often. When you view anxiety and you actually ask questions of it and questioning where it's coming from, why it's there, you start to recognize when it could come again and actually pull yourself out of it, take the emotion out of it by just viewing the experience. Meditation does really allow you to do that. It just allows you to kind of be in the moment of anxiety and, and recognize it and then just pull back and, and have this bird's eye view on it. And the more you practice that, the more you do that over and over again, the more you start to understand it. 
in a previous podcast with Dr. Scott Goldman, he spoke about how in training he he got clients to switch on and off between an anxious and a confident state. And a process in which you can do that, that is is almost imagining it and trying to feel it. You can use meditation as that process. It, it, it is a mindful process that he was describing where you're getting this sensation of anxiety, maybe putting yourself in a moment where you felt anxiety and then studying it. And he spoke about studying each moment, whether it was the anxious state or the confident state. And studying that anxiety is, is kind of what meditation does for you. you. You can sit in it, sit with it, sit alongside it maybe is the best way to put it and actually just study it and look at it. What is going on? Maybe viewing yourself like someone else. If someone else was going through this experience, what would I be noticing? What would I be studying in them? And so you can start to build that better relationship with anxiety through studying it more and more often. And again, that's that's another thing about past experiences. Even if you've had a past experience where you were anxious, rather than just trying to forget about it and run away from it, study it, understand what your anxiety was about. Where did it come from? How did you feel? What were people saying to you? What were you saying to yourself? The more you study it, the more you understand it, the more you can do something about it when it potentially happens again. And just like a skill that you're learning in a sport, practicing it over and over again is going to really help you. So those are just a few ideas of how to help potentially the mental element of your of your anxiety. Again, this is going to be so individualized for people. I'm sorry if there's something I've missed. I'm sure there's going to be more to address later on, but there's hopefully something there that you might be able to use. And I want to quickly touch on some of the, the physical components so some ideas for how you can improve the physical sensation, that that somatic anxiety. So all the feelings that we feel in the body and some ways in which you might be able to do that. First off, nutrition. Just make sure that I, I'm drinking coffee right now. It's early in the morning and I use coffee as a stimulant. But if I drink too much coffee, then I start to feel anxious. I start to become definitely that overexcited, overaroused. And if you are someone that is generally at a baseline, lower anxiety, there could be a chance that if you're drinking something like coffee, stimulants, caffeine, that could be tipping you over the edge. And you might be moving into that over arousal and falling off uh, optimum performance that you potentially gain. So just keep an eye on your nutrition, what you're eating whether it's whether it's healthy foods that you know are good for you for your performance or whether they're, they're ultimately not and when you're in a good place nutritionally when you're fueled with the right stuff you know that you've done that work again just by looking after yourself you'll feel good about yourself and that's going to help with the anxiety it's going to help you feel a little bit better again this is very anecdotal that i'm sure there's research out there but this is my experience and what i've seen with others those that potentially don't eat well or hydrate well they tend to have this other element of anxiety that they're thinking about it's just another plate they're trying to spin which is their physical component it's oh, i haven't actually been addressing my diet very well and i know this isn't going to help my performance and that deep down knowledge has increased their anxiety sleep being a huge one okay so sleep getting that sleep I, I have really started to make sure that the days before I was performing that I got that sleep because if I woke up and I knew I didn't have that sleep I almost had this physical anxiety I had this 
mental anxiety that was around me not having prepared well enough. So this was already a worry that I had. And it was a building block within my anxiety tower that I was already laying a brick for. And I don't want to lay many bricks on that anxiety tower. So I had already messed up my sleep. So now I'm already in, I'm already on the back foot for the day. I'm, I'm trying to chase it. And then I might use coffee to wake me up. Now it's an overstimulant and I'm starting to be over anxious. And it's never really setting the day up re- very well. So addressing sleep, make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep, whether that's seven to eight and a half, nine hours. Try and get your sleep in before places, things that could potentially help that, help that physical sensation lower that physical anxiety you might be feeling, something like yoga, some light stretching the night before, maybe in the morning, you're just doing your yoga to get your body ready. If, if you're like me and you wake up in the morning and your body is sore, uh, your muscles are a little bit tighter, I do 10 to 15 minutes of yoga. I've got a routine that I'm doing. I'm even doing a bit of a challenge at the moment where I'm trying to do it every day. And by doing that, you lower that physical tension in the body this is how i feel i feel that if my tension in my body is heightened uh, that baseline is heightened then when i go into a game it just ramps up even more and so using something like yoga does that at the same time i use music to calm me down to maybe get into a rhythm sometimes i even used music to ramp up my anxiety to ramp up my arousal i'd put on a song that would get me pumped get me going before a game that would actually increase that arousal level I just made sure that I didn't tip over the edge. Maybe if you're feeling overexcited, you may need to put on music that brings you down a little bit, that lowers that anxiety. So it may not necessarily be like tranquil, calm music. It could be, but it might just be something that brings out a braver version or a courageous version of you that feels like you're dealing with it. Almost, I would think of it like you're stepping into your own movie. So like a soundtrack for your day almost. I really like that idea of creating like this soundtrack of of the moment that you're in to to calm you to to make you feel ready prepared and again maybe even like courageous and brave for dealing with this anxiety or this moment that you're going into and then the last one being doing things such as breath work breathing and doing some you can use that in yoga meditation just to prepare you even that meditation part you can start to pre place yourself in in the day that you've got going forward i use it with i use it with um a couple of athletes where i get them to run over their games and their performance in their mind whether it's a positive visualization whether it's a positive feeling or sensation that they're having or it could be actually a negative visualization addressing those fears that they've already got and then moving towards flipping over towards well how am I going to deal with it what's this confident version of me going to deal with it okay I feel ready I'm prepared it could be mantras it could be anything that comes out of that meditative process and it can be a real help towards getting you ready reducing that anxiety so breathing meditation really good tools something you can go and try and use But actually, the last component I want to talk about is just in the moment. When you're out on the field, when things are ramped up, when anxiety is happening, let's say you're a football player, you've got to take a penalty kick to win the game. Some real quick go-tos would be breathing. A physiological sigh is a a great technique for just quickly lowering anxiety very, very fast. Taking an inhale and a quick inhale, a double inhale, and then a long exhale, that's a physiological sigh. So it's just a... And, it's, and you can do that and you can start to feel that lowered level of, of anxiety. And just exhaling 
longer than your inhale can reduce that sense, that cortisol level can reduce your anxiety sensation in the body. With it, mantras, cues, self-talk, reminding yourself of things to focus on so that you move away from irrelevant cues to more relevant cues. So when we're anxious, we're picking up a lot of cues or tasks that are irrelevant, that are creating anxiety, and we want to move towards what we want to focus on. Self-talk, mantras, cues, whichever way you want to call them, you can use these to your advantage and just to remind. But all of this takes practice. It takes going into practice to actually do it. So if you're training and you want to put yourself under stress, you want to practice a lot of this stuff. And my final point would be on this, would be on if you want to manage your anxiety better, you want to put yourself into situations where anxiety is going to be induced. If it's training, find times where you can put yourself under stress, where you can practice how you deal with anxiety. Don't shy away or go to the easy option. Don't shy away from the challenge. Actually rise to it. Create courage, bravery, and even experimentation. See them as not necessarily experiences, but experiments that you're doing. And the more you put yourself into these situations, these experiences or these experiments and they are challenging and they induce anxiety and you can start to take some of these ideas and put them into practice, the more that you've done it, the more you start to see the results or you become comfortable with those uncomfortable situations. When I was playing, I used to take my coaches to one side and I would get them to, as a, when I was batting, I'd get them to throw balls at me really high speed in challenging situations that were much more challenging than potentially what I was going to face. Because when I got out there and other anxieties were there, whether it was the crowd, the idea, the expectations, judgment of others, and that's ramping up the anxiety, I wanted to have felt a high level of anxiety and know that I have dealt with it before and I can deal with it again. So are you doing that? Are you putting yourself in uncomfortable positions where you are ramping your anxiety up and you are actually managing it and you are dealing with it in that practice session because you want to make sure that in practice it is difficult. In studies around mental toughness, pretty much the defining thing around how you build mental toughness in athletes, if you want to see mental toughness as kind of the antidote to, to anxiety, the only way to build it is to do challenging things, is to go into environments where they are challenging, they induce anxiety and you manage them and you deal with those situations. That is for sure my final piece of advice I would give here. So if you want to learn more and go into a deeper dive in how we can unpack some of this anxiety, some exercises around controlling your anxiety then we do have the mindset masterclass on the mindstrong academy around controlling anxiety so the controlling anxiety mindset masterclass on the mindstrong academy is next week it's on the 31st of may but if you can't make that 31st of may it's at 7 30 p.m uk time if you can't make that it will be recorded and is available as a part of your subscription in the MindStrong Academy and you can access that whenever you want. And I'm sure because this subject is so big, because anxiety can be broken down into so many subjects, this podcast has gone on for way longer than I thought it would because this is such a big subject. 
I have no doubt there will be more that I will do in the future, both on the podcast and even in the MindStrong Academy. But we're just going to dive into exercises that will allow you to bring out what your anxieties are and and start to unpack how you might deal with them, what you want to focus on, how you're going to face your anxieties, as well as having the ability to kind of interact, ask questions. And again, I'm sure we'll do more in the future. But if you do want to get into and sign up to this Controlling Anxiety Mindset Masterclass, then you can head over to the link that is in the bio on this podcast. So that is everything. That has been way more than I thought it would be, but I wanted to just give a as much information as I possibly could. Again, there are so many elements to this that are debated in the scientific literature, but there is also ways in which coaches deal with it, athletes deal with it that is all different because we are different human beings and how you deal with your anxiety is not going to be the same as the person next to you. So that's why I wanted to throw as much out here as I possibly could because you might say, well, that that sounds like something that might work for me. I want to go away and give it a go. And that, again, is my advice. Go and practice this. Go and put yourself into anxiety-inducing situations where you can practice some of this stuff. And hopefully, you're armed with some tools that allow you to manage your anxiety for your performance, for your sport, that little bit better. As always, if you want to reach out and get in touch, head over to Instagram at Lewis Hatchet. You can head over to either TikTok or Twitter, which is on both of those platforms at Lewis underscore Hatchet. Head over to the website, lewishatchet.com. Get in touch there, but reach out. I read all my DMs and I message back as many, if not all of those that reach out. If you do have any questions, I love hearing from you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening or watching or whatever platform you're you're consuming it on. It is the easiest way that you can support what I'm doing. It really does make a difference. So thank you so much to those that have subscribed and that do listen. I love hearing from you. Please reach out if you do have any questions. Other than that, I'll see you next time. Take it easy.